free your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Oh my god, welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. Guess what I did this weekend? What did you do this weekend? Oh my god. It's like a hip 35-year-old in Vegas going clubbing. Oh my goodness. I still got What it. is it? You got down? You got down? You get... I don't oh, even gross. know what the cool lingo is anymore. I know you're so old. God. <laughs> I'm so old. You should go to old. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not a huge party person, but there's something about Vegas that like really brings it out in everyone. It is because it's like you go there with all your friends and you don't have to worry about how to get home or like mm-hmm. the party just continues. Everything's open. Yeah. And yeah, it definitely has to be in a mood for it because I'm definitely not someone who parties either. Yeah. And I don't know. There's something where – even in my head, I'm like, oh, 35, going to a club. But then it's also different when you're going with your fiancé, you're going with, Ooh, like, fiance. friends. It's just really surreal because we went to Excess, which is a club at Wynn. And mm-hmm. I remember being there 10, literally 10 years ago with my girlfriends as a single girl. And it was exactly the same. Like, nothing has Vegas changed. Vegas does not change. It's so funny. Because, like, when I was growing up, like, I used to go with my parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know when we used to go with our parents? Like, you do all the very, like, oh, you go to the buffet. There used to be, like, a ton of arcades for kids. So, like, that's what I remember Vegas being. Like, going to, like, Treasure Island for the arcade. Mm-hmm. But then I think that once I started getting into the college phase and, you know, all of our friends started turning 21, like, that's when we really went all out. I feel like every girl in, like, the Cal area. Once you turn 21, it's like Vegas trips like <laughs> every other month. Oh, yeah. I definitely had that phase too where you're just like, I can drink now. And mm-hmm. what better place to do it in Vegas? Yeah. You learn about guy-girl ratio, about getting into a club and yeah. getting ready before the club with all your friends and then mm-hmm. pre-gaming the and kind of getting hyped up, especially when you're single, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. – and yeah. this one with Jack too, you know. <laughs> but yeah, at the club, I was like literally at the exact same club with my friends. And I could still remember at the dance floor, you know, being the wing woman to my friend and also the guys that come up from behind and you can never see their face, but they're already like yeah. dancing up on you and you're like, oh my God. And you're trying to look at your friend's face, try to see if they can gauge for you, <laughs> if you should like yeah. run away or, you know, if you need help. We still have like signals. Some of the girls that we went with this trip, they were single and we're like, okay, what's the signal if you don't want to be talking to somebody anymore? Yeah. And it's always like, oh, touching the ear casually. And then it's just a lot of peacocking <laughs> for a lot of guys just walking around and checking things out. Oh, for sure. Especially at Excess. Like, I remember one time, like, me and my girlfriends were able to get in for free at Excess. And, like, these guys are literally just, like, dressed in suits with these, like, really nice watches and just, like, sitting <laughs> at their like tables that they paid a lot, a of, lot money. of money for just like scouting the room and I was like this is this is an interesting experience I, know. I just think like clubs are just so interesting and definitely in a younger 20s especially mm-hmm. with my group of girlfriends and I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there that have found love in this way but there's so much like oh my god what if I find my love here you know like there's so much excitement mm-hmm. to find the guy and I don't know. You're you're in a situation where everyone's drunk. People are from out of town everywhere. 
they're looking just to have a good time one night. Most people were high, you know, <laughs> like it's like, are you really <laughs> going to find the love of your life? But there's that excitement, right? This excitement of like being mm-hmm. able to meet people that you never would have met before. Yeah. And just going out and just, yeah, having it feel like all your worries seem to just disappear in Vegas. They're, they're non-existent. Yes. That's why it's the Disneyland for adults, right? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> with that said, with things that never change, let's go into today's topic. Yes. <laughs> today's topic, we wanted to talk about how to get the relationship that you want, specifically in a love romantic relationship. So not in the Vegas club. So not. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe perhaps yeah. if you want to go there and find a love connection, how do you get that? in a very mm-hmm. short amount of time that you're in the club. How do you get that, you know? Are you offering now your, like, dating services? Love advice with Christina Regina. <laughs> so one of the things that doesn't change is that love is not most of the time mutual. Mm. You find yourself in many situations where either you or the other person are just not on the same page. If it was only that easy mm-hmm. that both of you guys felt love for each other at the exact same time and it lasted the exact same amount of time and you're in love forever. Mm. But no, a lot of times that you find yourself or the other person being friend zoned or friends with benefits. You want to say I love you. They want to say I love you, but the other person may not feel it. You want to get married, but you're waiting around for your partner to be ready. All these different situations where you're just not on the same page. Mm. So when you're in those situations how do you express yourself and how do you tell the other person and be vulnerable with the fear of getting rejected and not getting what you want how Mm -hmm. are you able to step out of what is comfortable for you but you're not truly that happy and ask for what you really want because you ultimately do want happiness Mm -hmm. right so we're gonna get into all of that today oh man I feel like this is an episode that I really need to hear myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of us do. I mean, it's like even in a relationship with Jack that we've been in together for seven years, it's like we're still not on the same page about different things that matter to each of us. You know, Mm. we're just different people. That's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. So then for you, what is it in your Mm -hmm. life you've experienced, whether in past dating experiences or currently now that you feel like you're not in the relationship, that you didn't get what you want? Mm -hmm. I think that what I'm really starting to realize is that like what I say I want and my actions don't really add up. Mm. So in the sense that I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want a serious relationship. I'm like ready to open myself up in that way and like be vulnerable. But then I'm like super guarded and all my friends are like, before a guy even opens his mouth, you've already friend zoned him. (laughs) Like that's something that I hear constantly, you know? And I think that it's just something for me, it's like always been like a defense mechanism as like a way to be like, oh, just in case I'm going to keep you like at an arm's length distance. And I think that that's when I realized like in a lot of like past dating situations as well, like I was always like kind of trying to play the game, you know, like if a guy was interested, I'd be like, okay, am I interested? Okay, sure. Like, why not? And like kind of go along with it. But then when they didn't act in the way that I wanted them to or do the things that I wanted them to do, I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them. And then I just expected them to change. And when they didn't change, I was like, okay, well, this isn't the guy for me because he didn't do like ABC and like I would want that in a person and blah, blah, blah. And so I would cut it off early. And like to them, they're kind of like, wait, what? Like I thought that everything was going fine, you know? And, you know, that's the thing about dating. Like there are some people who just want to date casually and some people who don't want to date casually. And I think I'm the type of person who can't date casually because if I 
date casually, I'm going to get attached. Like, I just know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who date casually and they're like totally fine with it, totally fine with friends with benefit situation. And I've always been like, wow, that's like great for you that that works for you, you know? But I think that for me, I just knew that I wasn't that type of person. But I think that especially in my like dating adventures, as you can call them in New York, like I feel like that's what I tried to be, like a casual dater, even though I wasn't. Mm, mm. No, that's so good that you're able to identify that because to be honest with yourself is definitely the hardest part in all of this, right? Yeah. Because of the perception of what you think you should be putting out there. For sure. But it's like funny, right? Because like I'm only able to think about that now. Like when I was in it, I thought I was really like doing all the right things. And I thought that I was opening myself up to a relationship in the way that like I was supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. There was definitely like a misalignment in like what I thought my actions were showing versus like what I was actually doing versus like what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. No, I think that happens so much in relationships, which is why relationships are so freaking complicated because the person, like the own person yourself you don't even know what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Or that's what you tell yourself because mm-hmm. you're not taking the time to be honest with yourself because of whatever idea or story that you're trying to uphold, which we've talked about before, which is like, oh, we don't want to be that girl. You know, yeah. we don't want to be that girl that like is asking for this, that is taking it too seriously, that can't date casually and all these things. Mm-hmm. But then what's wrong with that? You know, yeah. like what's wrong with wanting more in a relationship? But I think that that was my fear. Like what if... I finally like told that other person and they didn't want it either. Yes. And then I was like, oh, then that means I'm unlovable. Even though yeah. obviously looking from an outside perspective, like I know that's not true. But I think that there is this like stigma of kind of against women who are like looking for a serious relationship that she's like crazy and that like she just wants to like lock you down and that like men are supposed to be these like free spirits and like, you know, women mm. just want to lock them down, you know? And so I think that Have there my is- babies. Yeah. Give me your sperm. <laughs> you know, my eggs are ready. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like- I think that that's like the narrative that I told myself like oh I didn't want to be that crazy girl who was like trying to lock down a man because oh I'm free spirited and I can date casually and you know like oh if that's what the guy wants to do like oh, okay I'll do that too <laughs> that was not what I wanted to do <laughs> yeah yeah so you end up fighting with yourself this is why mm-hmm. we're talking about this because it's this internal fight that you're having with yourself that obviously you're not really happy but then you are fighting either to let it go because you feel like you're going to get rejected rejected from the other person or should you quit you know Mm -hmm. but then I feel like there's also a reluctance to it because quite possibly you really like this person Mm -hmm. right which is why you're afraid to get rejected in the first place or maybe you don't even really like this person Mm -hmm. you just in your head idea of them or like they are just like oh well this is like good timing I guess (laughs) or what you said about having to face this fear of perhaps I'm unlovable Mm -hmm. where even this person that I'm not that into may reject me what does mm-hmm. that say, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of underlying things that I think, especially in a love relationship, that we are afraid to face because it's so intimate. It's so personal. Yeah. That's really one of the first things is how do you be honest with yourself? Because if you can't define for yourself what is it that you want mm-hmm. in a relationship and from this other person, then just hoping that this other person will just come around 
and be able to answer that for you is so unrealistic. <laughs> it is exactly why we are living the consequences to our action. It makes sense. It's like mm-hmm. you said, it's like you say one thing, but you do another. Then you're like, but why? <laughs> yeah. And it's like this like never ending game of like one another trying to almost like provoke the other, even bully, right? Bully the other person into doing what they actually wanted in the first place without just straight out telling them. And I think that that's a pattern that I noticed a lot. I mean, I think that now that I'm older, I would like to think that I have a clear understanding of it. And so I can say like, oh, you know, people in their early 20s, but I still see it happen like with people my age and even people who are older. But it's just like that factor of defining for yourself what you want and then being clear with the other person. I think that when you're clear with what you want and the other person wants the same thing, that alignment is so important, right? But like if you go off the bat and be like, oh, this is what I want and they're like, no, then I feel like that's a pretty telltale sign that like, okay, maybe this isn't the kind of relationship relationship that you want or like you think that this could potentially be that's an answer mm-hmm. it may be an answer that you Don't didn't like. want but yeah. then what was the other option you waiting around wasting time and then the longer you wait the harder it is to let go you know what I mean yeah that's usually what happens and that's like the story that we hear all the time right like of one of our girlfriends who's like really into this guy who's like oh I'm not ready to commit yet and then they leave it open with that yet yeah. And then your girlfriend's like cling on to that yet. And then it's been like five years now. And it's like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. And then you're like, no, you hold on to any sign that may support the fact that you're looking like, oh, he he might be ready. Oh, he's going to, it's not to say, or he's changing. Oh, like, oh, well, he doesn't drink that much anymore. Or, oh, he doesn't go out that much anymore. Oh, well, well, he like said that he wants to invest in like my hobbies now and like wants to do these things with me. And the thing is, we've also seen this where it's like, yeah, you can get to a point where that guy comes around. And not to say that people can change, right? Because there's situations and epiphanies that happen. People can mature and become more wise. Mm -hmm. You figure out for yourself if you're willing to wait it out for it to happen Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. not. That has happened. But then also you have to look at the person at their core like honestly how much of it has changed just because you guys do get married doesn't mean that that's it that's your happily ever after everything that you wanted in this person is just gonna happen Mm -hmm. like an example where one of my girlfriends is actually the opposite her boyfriend at the time before getting married always wanted her to kind of be a stay-at-home mom after they got married and to cook and do all these like more homemaking stuff Mm-hmm. And then once they got married, she didn't do him and they got into so many fights about it. And she's like, what along the way did you think that I was suddenly going to change mm-hmm. just because you wanted me to? Mm. He was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's like the expectation for so many people where the tools to have that communication or to articulate what is it that you want. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that before marriage and you think marriage is going to fix it all, it's not going to fix it all. If anything, it's just going to exacerbate it. So mm-hmm. it really is those things that you can develop now and see if the other person is able to have those skills as well or they're willing to be flexible to develop those skills. Mm -hmm. Defining for yourself and articulating what is it that you need from the other person. Mm -hmm. So maybe just Mm -hmm. be like, you know what? I need more quality time. I feel like I want more time with you, but you're always working. And instead Mm -hmm. of just getting mad whenever that person's working, you know, you're like, oh, I need more quality time because it means a lot to me that we get to know each other more that we share these experiences together, create memories for one another. And you articulate that and you really see if that person, like Regina said, is down to do it or not. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that it can even be, you know, something as big as like your friend's husband expecting her to be like the housewife or something as small as like, hey, when we text, I can't feel any emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like that's taking note of too, like what works for you and also being like accepting of when like someone else is also like, hey, I wish you would do more of this and not seeing that as like an attack on yourself, but as like, a oh, okay, that's how that person responds. And like, that's what that person is looking for. And then adapting and adjusting yourself as well. Right. Because all these steps are important. And first, like we said, it's being honest with yourself and then articulating what is it that you need from the other person into like break it down into actionable steps so that that person knows what Mm -hmm. you're asking for and if they can do that for you and if they have a rebuttal on their end for it. Right. And then from that, this is before you even say anything to this person. I think like really thinking about it from your point of view. I know Mm -hmm. it sounds selfish to be like, oh, what is it that I need? You know, you start thinking about this person, but before you even compromise, before you're even just like, oh, I can give them this or they don't really like that or whatever it is. What is it that you want in a relationship? What is it if your dream man or woman was there in front of you and you guys had the perfect relationship what does that look like to you you know yeah because I think it's like you digging into like what you're actually looking for in order for you to be able to like better communicate with the other person right like if you're texting this person and you feel a certain type of way but you don't know why and then you get upset at that person what is the actual core of the reason why you're getting upset or that you're feeling a certain way like okay he's not showing enough emotion or he doesn't text often enough like I feel like I've been in a situation where I would be talking to a guy and I feel like he's super uninterested in me because of the way of like his texting habits and not to say that I'm a huge texter either but it's just like I do want a response or like just you know an interaction to be like oh you know what are you doing today or like updates throughout the day like I don't think that that's like a lot to ask for Mm -hmm. but I remember being upset because like whenever we were in person like everything was great like I think we had really good chats and like we got along really well I can say now that that was something that bothered me but I think at the time I was like oh well maybe he he's really busy and then just like kind of give it a pass. Yeah. And like, you know, I totally understand that everybody's jobs are different and not everybody can be on their phone at the same time, but that's something that you need to communicate, right? Like if I'm upset about it and he's like, well, I can't really text at work, but there can be other ways that I show you that I care. But I didn't even ask for that. I was just like, he doesn't text me back enough. He doesn't, he's not interactive with me enough outside of like our in-person like hangout. So like, I don't want to date him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And these things actually do take time to figure out whether it is in dating experiences, like you just, you notice a pattern within yourself. Like it really bothers me that these guys don't communicate. I need that. I need a guy Mm -hmm. that to be more expressive. But Mm -hmm. it starts with you putting in time for yourself to notice these things you know and I think the more time that you can spend on it the answers come a little bit more clear Mm. for example with Jack he loves playing his Clash of Clans game on his phone (laughs) Regina knows this because he just he's uh, that's his game you know it's also been like years years. (laughs) he plays the same it's, it's a huge thing okay and then so believe me throughout the seven years that we've been together we've had many conversations about this which I used to think it was just typical guy being so obsessed with their game spending too much time on it I'm getting upset that he's spending too much time playing this game but I come to realize Mm -hmm. through the different talks that we've had it's actually that whenever he loses because Jack is actually a really competitive human being (laughs) that like despite his chill exterior yeah yeah that he's actually worked a lot on that he's improved a lot where he used to get so upset at himself every time he lost the game Mm. and then he would have to play 
four or five other games after that just so he can try to redeem himself. But it's like one of those things where he keeps losing and he's losing. And he gets mm-hmm. and, and that mood affects him, which he doesn't realize affects me because mm. he's so pissed at himself that he's yeah. like he starts def- this game defines him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like, oh my god, I'm not good enough. Oh, nah. and then it starts. <laughs> he starts taking it out on you. Well, he doesn't take it out on me per se, but that energy lingers. Like mm. he's not engaging. He mm. doesn't feel like doing anything. He just kind of sits there in that mood for a while and I'm like all over a three minute game you mm-hmm. know and obviously I know it's more than just the game mm-hmm. this is how he's brought up him having to be number one and having mm-hmm. his value be proven whenever he's a winner not a loser mm-hmm. you know there is no number being number two so all these things are things that we had I had to dig in deeper to figure out for myself what was really bothering me it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily the game playing because yeah. like I play games and actually to be honest <laughs> I'm guilty of whenever he's trying to talk to me and I'm on a game, I just ignore him too. <laughs> so. I've okay. To also to be clear, like I've gone out with these guys, like on like where we'll all like stay together in like a hotel room or something, and like and once they get into bed, they don't even talk to each other. They don't even look each other. They're just both on their own individual phones playing games. So when Christine first brought this up and she was like, "I'm really upset that he spends so much time playing games," I was like, "Um." Christine, yeah, I was like, you play a lot of games too. Uh, that's why I realized it's not about the gameplay because I understand it too. Like when you just want to relax and do something, yeah, just be immersed in a game. Yeah, yeah, like I get that. If anything, I probably play more games than Jack. You know, mm-hmm. but I think being able to first figure that out for myself, what's really bothering me, mm. digging in deeper for myself because I can't just articulate to Jack. We tried that where I was like, well, can you just stop playing this game? And realizing that that's not really the solution mm-hmm. because what I'm taking away is also something that he enjoys doing and that's not what I want to do, yeah. right? And I think sometimes we think of really quick solutions to satisfy our immediate needs, mm-hmm. but at the cost of the other person. Yeah. And it's like not really like a long-term solution. It's very short-term. It's like, okay, he stops playing this game. But like potentially he could find another game. And like the same issues will still arise because like the game isn't the issue. Yeah. Because what it was, was him being competitive. So Mm -hmm. even if he's playing basketball and he doesn't Mm -hmm. win and having that mood, it does take skill and also getting to know yourself to be able Mm -hmm. to do that. But it is like for Regina, the guy not texting her enough or being more expressive in his text could just be something that it just may not be this guy you know what I mean yeah or it may just be that you need to find someone that has more time that isn't just Mm -hmm. like working 80 hours a week yeah you know and what does it mean for him to be more expressive is it that he adds emojis next to it he gets Mm -hmm. excited over things that you're excited or that he Mm -hmm. naturally is someone that's like hey that's so exciting that you texted me that. I actually want to talk to you right now about it. I want to call you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? Why is that a need for you for someone to feel just as excited about something when you're excited about it, you right. know? And it's just getting a clear picture as to what is missing in your life and what is the story surrounding so that it's clear for you. Hey guys, Regina here. Christine and I are always learning new ways to grow and evolve. That's why we are so excited to be partnering with BetterHelp, an online platform that allows you to get professional therapy from the comfort of your own home. As I am starting out my journey as an entrepreneur, I am realizing how much my cultural upbringing clashes with my societal American ideals. This internal conflict and struggle within me leads to a lot of shame and guilt I feel towards myself and the path that I have decided to pursue. 
I'm constantly feeling anxious that I'm not doing enough or performing at my highest abilities because nothing feels like it's enough. Working with my counselor, I've been able to dissect the root of some of my childhood experiences that caused me to feel this way today. She reminds me to be proud of myself and my accomplishments and encourages me to stay in tune with my feelings so that I can live life to my fullest potential. It's been a slow process, but being able to talk through my feelings has been such a freeing experience. If you are thinking about talking to a trained professional as well, the process is simple. Head to betterhelp.com pip to take a short quiz to assess your needs and you will be paired with a licensed professional within 24 hours. They have counselors that focus on depression, anger, stress, anxiety, trauma, and anything you share is confidential. For being a part of our PIP fam, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com pip. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash pip. P-I-P. So start taking care of you and your mental health today. Eating cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I stopped because I started to realize how many sugary carbs were in each spoonful. That's why I was so excited to discover Magic Spoon, cereal for adults. This cereal has been the perfect addition to my morning routine. The flavors are so delicious and totally reminiscent of the cereal I had growing up, but so much healthier. They have zero grams of sugar, also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. They come in four different flavors, blueberry, frosted, cocoa, and fruity, my favorite. Go to magicspoon.com pip to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code pip at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com pip and use code pip for free shipping. We'd like to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. And again, love languages, right? Like how I accept love and I feel like someone actually like cares about what I'm thinking or doing, et cetera. Like that, you know, at the end of the day, it really isn't about that text message. It's really how I feel like I'm being cared for or cared about and like loved in that way. Yeah, exactly. So for example, Jack getting upset that he's losing and all of that and that affecting my mood because he's in a mood, I'm realizing that what is it for me that I can do on my end? If Jack's never going to change and he's going to be like this, Mm -hmm. then what can I do? Like, should I go out and take a break? You know what I mean? If he's like that, maybe Mm -hmm. other solutions. And if those solutions don't work for you, while you're thinking of these things, then that should say a lot about this partner. For most times, mm-hmm. it's like not putting it on the other person to fill in that missing part for you. Because what mm-hmm. can you do to supplement that? And are you willing to? If you're not, mm-hmm. then that says a lot about this person. If they're able to be flexible enough or that you're able to be flexible enough to be with this person too. Yeah, because the relationship is two people. And I think that that's what makes relationships so difficult. Kind of what you were saying. It's like getting two people to align. And like want the same things and be on that same like trajectory. But when you're trying to put like, you know, like two magnets that have like the same poles, anytime you get them close together, they just like bounce away from each other. Yeah, they just repel each other. That's something that I feel like we see so much of, Mm. right? Like two people having this idea of the other person without really like ever confronting it and then just like going along with the flow because they're like, oh, well, this is just easier than to like do anything about it. Right. There's a bit of fantasy that 
some people live in in order to make a relationship work because mm -hmm. you are painting an idealized version of the other person and who you want them to potentially be without really confronting who they actually are. Mm -hmm. And also a big part of that is who you actually are and what you actually need versus mm -hmm. idealizing yourself to conform to what you think that version of that person wants from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that sounds so complicated and all no, that. No, it sounds so complicated, but it's very simple. Like, I feel like I totally relate to that sense of, like, perfection, of, like, who I envision myself being for this other person. It wasn't even, like, who do I want for, like, my own relationship. It was, like, oh, who do I want to be to them? Like, mm. oh, they want a super adventurous girl? Like, I can be that. And, like, oh, they want a girl who's, like, very, like, composed and poised. Like, oh, I can be that too. Yeah. But I think that what I realized was like I didn't know what I wanted. And like in a way too, like I would project my own fantasies onto like who this person could be. Like I dated a guy in finance. I was like, oh wow, he makes a lot of money. Like we could have a really nice life, you know? And like that's my own projection of like what I thought that we could potentially be versus like what it actually was, which was like him like hitting me up whenever he was like free after work. And I was like, not yeah work. like I think that like I would always be like that type of girl who's like oh my god like yeah I can totally do a casual relationship and then he'll like not text me for five hours and I'd be like very upset about it then I'm like oh my god I'm like so over it and then he'll text me I'll be like okay Leanna, let's okay, do yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> because you're like oh he thought of me mm -hmm. so you know yeah why not and I'm mm -hmm. trying to like keep it cash yeah but then the longer you're in it the more that you're like ah, if only yeah. And like, and that's when I realized like I wasn't being truthful to myself and like upfront with what I wanted. And I think that that's still something that I'm like learning to do right now, because I think that when it comes to relationships, like I realized that, yeah, my first line of defense is literally like build a wall, like just start building it, you know, mm -hmm. and then and then the longer I know them, the higher the wall is versus like usually I feel like it's the other way around, like or it's supposed to be the other way around, you know, yeah. and I feel like that's something that I'm learning to be more forward with in the regards to like you know say I'm on like a dating app and some guys are very upfront and they're like I just want something casual and me going into it being like oh he wants something casual but he's he has all these other attributes that I like maybe I can change yes him. instead yeah. of that mentality I'm kind of like okay he's looking for something casual that's fine that's just not what I'm looking for move on to the next one yeah oh my god there's so I mean me included there's just this like savior complex that I think a lot of people have especially women in mm. wanting so badly to be special because if yeah. you can change somebody if you can save somebody oh. how special are yeah. you you know what I mean yeah it's like all these other girls or guys in the past that were with this person were unable Couldn't to do, do anything. it but then when I came yeah. along you know I was able to show them yeah. another side or they really want to change for me and all of that and it's like mm -hmm. it just reveals how much of a need like your need to feel special mm -hmm. and then your need to feel special by proving to this person how special you are so that they change for you. And it's like the ultimate validation. But then yeah. the way that you're going about trying to feel special is not the way that you're actually going to feel special. Right. And like, what does that actually mean to like change someone, right? Like people deep at their core are still going to be who they are. Like maybe you can change some of their habits. Maybe you can change some of their behaviors. But I think that to try to shape and mold someone else to be who you want them to be, it's just not – 
it's not true change. Like we say that where it's like, yeah. right? It's like even if that person reaches an epiphany or like a lot of people's like life-threatening mm-hmm. moment, they themselves have to realize it. They themselves have to go through that in order for that to change. It's not because of anybody else mm-hmm. telling you or doing things for you or trying to prove things to you. They themselves have to go through that and really understand the meaning of that change in order for true sustainable change and then actively mm-hmm. practice that new lifestyle or mentality even for us we're trying to adopt new positive more positive mentality in ourselves how hard is that for us it's so difficult. right and like i think the thing is like they need to want that for themselves too yes. if you're constantly trying to change someone and trying to mold someone else into being like who you want them to be but they don't want to be that person then you're literally beating a dead horse. But if you're like, hey, like, you know, you want to change these behaviors for the sake of you, for the sake of our relationship, and it's more of like a mutual, like, hey, let's build each other up, then like, hey, you can take note of like, oh, this is a person who's like willing to invest in themselves, in me, and in us. And I think that that like that is something that is really, really important to take note of because like if it's only just like you investing in them, that's not going to work. If it's just them investing in you, that's not going to work. There needs to be this want from all the parties involved to want to better themselves individually and better themselves as a couple. Yes, that's exactly it. It's really finding someone with that flexibility to have the basic understanding that I want to be a better version of myself for themselves first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then when you bring up something where you're like, hey, sometimes I notice that you get really angry and then it bothers me when you say these things and all of that. And to that other person, if they're willing and wanting to better themselves, they can hear it as in like, oh, you know, maybe me working on my anger issues or trying to be more patient Mm -hmm. is better for themselves first. You know, of course they want you to benefit from it, but that's something that they're willing to intake versus like, dude, that's you. You're the one that like said this to me. It's being able to pick out people that are mature enough or have that flexibility within them to be able to hear that versus Mm -hmm. seeing everything as an attack or something like being critical, but also understanding for yourself that your tone and how you execute what you're trying to say Mm -hmm. plays a big part in how someone takes it too. Yeah. And, you know, I think that at the core of everything, like the reason why we're so afraid to have a lot of these conversations is because we're fearful of getting rejected. We're fearful that like, oh, what if this person really doesn't want those same things as me? Then what does that mean for this relationship? What does that mean about me? Yeah. What does that mean about me? Those are things that like we just need to be upfront with ourselves about. If you're looking for something that this person isn't going to give you, then everybody's wasting their time and like physical energy, emotional energy energy like you're giving yourselves to people that like there is no long-term goal and I think that the thing that we're so afraid of when it comes to rejection is that we're afraid of what that means about us like oh we're unlovable people don't want us like I think that even like in the more drastic like oh I'm not worthy of love and like deserving of like these relationships But I think that like if we really think about it, you're saving yourself energy and time that you can be investing in yourself that you would have put into this relationship. Mm -hmm. Like say you didn't get upfront rejected, but you spend like two, three years pursuing this guy or girl. And at the end of the day, they're still like, no, I still don't want what you want. Mm -hmm. Then you're just wasting your time. You are. That can be better spent elsewhere. And that elsewhere is on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a big part of this is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And we often get asked like, well, how can you be more vulnerable? It's through practice. 
It really is. Mm -hmm. It's scary when you first step out because, yeah, you feel raw, you feel naked. And then, you know, our worst fears of being in that state and someone pointing and laughing and hurting you or cutting you, it really hurts, right? But it's something that you have to consciously step into every single time to do it. Because every single time you're vulnerable, yeah, you can be hurt. But what is the alternative? It's this other mediocre life. You know, because you're not truly connecting and you're not truly getting what you want because you're afraid to face it yourself. So try it. And also, if you want to try it, try it with people first that you feel secure around, that you can trust. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. practice it and practice it often. Because once you do, there's nothing else like it. You feel free. You totally feel free. You totally feel like to a point where you practice it and somebody else does judge you. Doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt, but you also get to a point where just like, Actually, that's okay because that's mm-hmm. that person. It's not on me. I'm being mm-hmm. me. This is just who I am. And you know what that, that means for you? Like if they don't resonate with what you say or how you feel, like that's on them. Yeah. Like we can't expect to just like connect with everyone. And that's the thing about relationships too, right? Like sometimes the initial spark is so strong that you like continue to chase it even as it starts to dim down. And like mm. even after the signs are there that you guys are not aligned and that, you know, that other person has like different feelings about vulnerability or different ideas of what they want their future to look like. But because that initial spark was so bright and so beautiful and sparkly and shiny, like you just keep chasing this ideal that isn't actual reality. Yeah, right? The honeymoon phase. We hear it Mm -hmm. all the time, especially from girls where it's like, oh my God, it was so amazing. And then like once he got me, he just stopped trying, Mm -hmm. you know? But you also hear from the guy side too. That's It's like, oh, once we got comfortable, she stopped trying too. Mm -hmm. And there's this fantasy and idea that like, we can get back to that point again. Mm -hmm. Not to say you can't, but relationships just take work. It just takes a lot of hard work. And this is the work. Mm -hmm. But if you're both coming from the place of like, we're trying to be better versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. with each other, that this other person can be a teacher in that and you're willing to learn, then I think those are the best ingredients for a thriving relationship, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that the thing about vulnerability too is like asking questions and being honest about it, right? Like I think that I have friends who are now dating in their late 20s to early 30s. I think they have a much clearer idea of what they want and they're very forward about it. Like I remember in the early 20s, they're like, oh, well, I really want to have kids in the future. But like a guy would be like, oh, I don't really want to have kids. But they'd still pursue it. Because they're like, oh, well, this is like, you know, we're still getting to know each other and this is like fun and there's time. Like maybe he'll change his mind, you know, like maybe one day he'll want to have kids and then that'll be it. But I think now that my friends are older and like they're starting to be at that age where they're like, I do want a like serious relationship. I want a committed relationship. I want someone who wants the same things that I do. I think that that's when the questions shifted to things that are like way more serious and way more like direct. And I think that that's what I'm learning too, like to be more direct. Like if I do start feeling, I would like to think that if I do start to feel feelings for someone at this point in time, I'm going to be a lot more forward Mm -hmm. because I think that like, it's better to kind of get it out of the way in the beginning, to be honest, rather than to like get super invested and then ask the hard hitting questions and then being like, oh, wow, we totally do not align with like anything that we want. Yeah, you know, it's true. And I think the vulnerability part is it really just gives you more clarity 
for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you get to a point where you understand this is for me, this is not for me. You understand where your boundaries Mm -hmm. are. You also understand whether you're willing to tolerate it or not. It's not to say you didn't try versus some people that part just kind of goes on indefinitely because they don't they're not clear about mm. what they want because they're never vulnerable with themselves or, the, or their partner. Then they get into a very confused state where actually a lot of my clients come to me because they're just like, I don't know whether this is what I want or this is what I should want, mm. whether I should let this go and I'm going to regret it or that I'm not truly happy right now, but I don't know if I should keep waiting around for things to change. And these are real dilemmas. It really is. But the answer to that Mm -hmm. is to gain clarity. And the clarity is through exactly the steps that we mapped out for you today. It really is just defining it for yourself, being vulnerable and honest with yourself first and articulating it into actionable steps. You can communicate clearly to the other person and seeing if you're both flexible enough to understand that what you guys are doing first comes from wanting to improve yourselves for your own self. Mm -hmm. And that if it's mutually beneficial in that state, then that's great. Obviously, all of that. It's easier said than done. But (laughs) I will say in my relationship with Jack, that's something that we constantly, even to this day, still work on because we're both on the same page of wanting Mm -hmm. to be better individually and understanding that when he comes Mm -hmm. and says something to me, it's not because he doesn't care or he's starting to lose interest or I messed up or whatever it is and vice versa. It's coming from a place of care. So that intention is so important to be grounded in that trust. And even with me and Regina now, right, even though it's not a romantic one, but you know what I mean? It's like our (laughs) intentions are becoming more and more clear with each other where like before, I think we used to take things a little bit more critically with each other. And then then that will kind of Mm -hmm. spur on our response as a defense. But then now understanding like no matter what we say to each other, even though we may not be agreeing on the same thing it both comes from I care about you and we're on the same team so how do we move forward yeah and I think that too in this like digital age where a lot of communication happens through text kind of going back to like what I was saying earlier about like the emotions like you know the way that I say things can come off in like two different ways when I read Christine's text it can come off as like oh my god yeah okay I'll get to that or okay I'll get to that (laughs) and that's like depending on what mood I'm in Mm -hmm. and me projecting that even with Christine and I's relationship there were times when I think that like we read into each other the way that we're feeling yeah. versus like what that other person is feeling. And I think that in like romantic relationships that happens all the time. Yes. And and like a lot of it, if it goes unspoken, it literally just gets swept under the rug and it just builds and it builds. But yeah. if you're able to like address it and talk about it, you know, sometimes through that you'll realize like, oh wow, like this person, I can rely on them in this way. Or oh wow, I really can't rely on this person in this yeah. way. Those times become very clear. And then I think that through that, you're able to like deduct for yourself, like, hey, is this relationship worth pursuing? Like, do you think that we can keep going on this trajectory? Like, do we always have each other's best intentions in mind? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a, hey, like, I don't think that we're really going to ever be able to communicate properly with one another. And I don't think that we're we're going to be able to get on the same page of like being there for each other in the way that we deserve and want. Yeah, absolutely. Because many, many relationships where one person is way more selfish than the other. Mm -hmm. Not saying that that's a good or bad thing, but that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for a partner, a team member, someone that's going to be on your side, that's going to look out for both of your guys' best interests like you are versus their own interests, then maybe that person isn't right for you and never Mm -hmm. will be, you know, even if they try in different ways. But if internally they feel like they have to hold back their own wants because you're telling them that they should, then resentment builds up too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just being Mm -hmm. way more clear about that for yourself 
that there's nothing wrong with what you want. There's absolute hope for you getting what you want in a romantic relationship, but the key is being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic way to talk about our journals too, because if you, <laughs> writing it down is a great way for you to process all of that in your head. Yeah, a lot of the times I don't even know how I'm feeling or what I'm feeling until I like literally write it down and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, a lot of the times when it's like feelings, right? I'll just be like, I'm really sad. And then that's it. And then I'm just sad all day. But if I'm like, take the time to really journal and write out like, what are the things that I'm feeling? How did this affect me? Why? And then like being able to detail it out to that degree really allows me to like dissect the problem and be like, okay, this wasn't the issue. This was and like problem solve. You know? Right, right. And that's why we're doing the weekly prompts. If mm-hmm. you don't know yet, you should definitely follow us on Instagram. We do this weekly. We ask questions that really dig to the heart of things that we normally wouldn't ask ourselves, you know, or you normally wouldn't dissect. Whereas like five traits that you love most about yourself. Go back this year. What are five things that you would do differently and why? And write a letter to your future self. Like these are things that really help trigger yourself to think about things in a deeper sense. Mm-hmm. And through that, it unlocks areas of your subconscious that you may have never even thought of in that way. Yeah. When you write it down, you're like, oh, shoot, mm-hmm. you're right. That's exactly what I felt about that. Or, oh, because of this and this past relationship, I've always held on to that fear that, you know, guys or girls would always do this to hurt me. Therefore, I'm afraid to be vulnerable, etc. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, journaling is such a great tool for that and weekly prompts. I know sometimes it's Uh, hard to sit there and just be like I'm going to journal for 30 minutes and you're like I don't know what to write Mm -hmm. that's why these prompts are also our way of practicing that ourselves yeah because sometimes I definitely will go to a coffee shop and be like okay this is what I'm going to journal today and then I get distracted and then I'm like wait what was I trying to say and then it's just you know I think that with journaling it is nice sometimes to have like some direction to really get your thoughts aligned so yeah yeah. if this episode really resonated with you feel free to pass it along to a friend and be sure to follow us and see what we're up to on Instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast bye bye yeah the stars so yeah the stars so